When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right. San Francisco 21, Seattle 3. 222 left in the first half. Third game of the Thanksgiving triple header in the National Football League. San Francisco, well, they're kicking butt, aren't they, Kellen? And we like the Seahawks. Yeah. The Seahawks uh, are, quite frankly, fortunate to have three points. Yeah, uh, yeah, they are. They got a long kick return, didn't get a first down, and kicked a field goal. There was a little bit of hope when they stuffed them early and on in the first quarter and it kept it 7-3 on that that second drive that I thought, you know, maybe they might have a chance off of that defensive drive. It it doesn't look good. No, I mean, there's there's still over half the game left, but I would suggest there's not really any hope. I do think that Purdy, yeah, he got a penalty there. He threw it across the line of scrimmage. The scoreboard is presented, of course, by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Earlier, Dallas trampled Washington 45-10, and Green Bay took out Detroit 29-22. No games in the NHL today. The beleaguered Edmonton Oilers will take on the Washington Capitals tomorrow. Of course, it's on 6:30. Chad, early one. Remember, early one. 11:30 a.m. for the face-off show. Game at 1 o'clock. And then uh, I'm actually going to do Oilers now because Bob will be traveling and uh, Brendan Escott's away. So I'll do Oilers now from 5 to 7. And then Dave Campbell's going to do Inside Sports from 7 to 8. Okay, I am pleased to welcome back to the show a guy who on Sunday helped the Montreal Alouettes win the Grey Cup. He's their center. He's a grad of the U of A Golden Bears football team. He's from Spruce Grove. It is Justin Lawrence. Justin, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, it's been one hell of a week, but uh, I'm doing well. Enjoying the festivities and everything that's come along with it. What has the situation been like in Montreal? I mean, in in CFL terms, it's obviously a smaller league, so 13 years is a bit of a gap. How are you guys being embraced by the city and the fan base? Honestly, for me, is my my first year in Montreal. It, it's been unbelievable because, you know, I, I don't think a person really realizes how behind the city is until you know bring a championship, like you said, bringing the Grey Cup back to Montreal. We uh we had a parade yesterday, and um for me, like you said, this being my third Grey Cup, um this was the first time I was actually a part of an active parade where we were on buses moving around the city. Um, ended up at a stage, you know, in front of all the fans. And I'm not can you the whole city of Montreal was flooded with people yesterday on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, like I said, just packed. We were driving along, people all along just partying, having a good time, celebrating, cheering, all of it. It was probably the best thing I've ever been a part of in my life. The parade was unbelievable and you know for me reflecting and looking back and seeing the whole city and how supportive they were yesterday on the day you know where we had snow to begin the morning so um it, it was unbelievable and you know for me being a montreal player seeing that uh makes you really proud to be a part of this city and you know bring a championship back to it yeah 
You know, it's it's interesting how things work out, too, and I guess that's the unpredictability of sports, but you and I talked shortly after you signed with the Alouettes, yeah. and you know, you'd know you left Toronto, the championship team. They were projected to be good again, and I remember kind of politely asking you, like, you know you're going to a team that like, doesn't have an owner, and they... And they don't know what's going on. It's it's funny how things work out, eh? Yeah, it is, man. And you know that's uh, everyone always preaches it, but trust the process. That's that's really all it was about. Because it was a big step, man, and it was definitely hard to leave Toronto. Because like you said, we were coming off a championship. But um, you know, the thing is, is, you get to know guys in this league and. Um, I, I knew the situation didn't look great from the outside in um, with Montreal, but at the end of the day, I knew a lot of the guys who were in that locker room, not necessarily personally wise, but, you know, playing against them and, you know, seeing what they were like. And I knew they had such a talented locker room. And, you know, when I, the minute I found out Jason Moss was going to be the head coach, um, a lot of my former U of A guys are really good friends with Jason. So I knew I was going to be in great hands going there. A lot was made for you guys. Uh, what do you guys call yourselves? The the store of misfit toys or the shelf of misfit toys or whatever. Yep. And uh, yep. I mean, at one point in the season, you guys were six and seven. And I, I like, I don't mind telling you. I mean, you know, I know you listen to the show, so I make predictions and say things all the time. Like I kept picking against you guys because I was like, yeah. I don't know who this <laughs> team is. They can't seem to play good for more than a couple games in a row. So I was one of the people you proved wrong. Like did. But do you actually pay attention to that in the locker room? Like, do you actually find a way for the lack of belief of others to fuel you? Is that actually a thing? Yeah, it, absolutely. It's a real thing. And, you know, it, it it's really depends on the person. But, you know, I, I love kind of looking at this stuff. And to be honest with you, Reed, I kind of love when people pick against us. Um, you know, going into games, when you see uh, – the pros, you know, make their picks for the week. And, you know, five out of six guys are picking against us. You know, personally as a player, I kind of love that. And to be honest with you, like that kind of ties into our motto going into not only the playoffs, but the great cup itself. You know, it's just like, there was really no pressure on us going into these playoffs because no one expected us to win and no one expected us, especially to get past Toronto and make it to the great cup. Um, so, you know, we went in and said, you know, this is, this is our game to lose. We get to go in, play free. And at the end of the day, um, they're the ones with all the pressure against them. And, you know, it, it's fun being a team that everyone always chooses against, especially at the beginning of the year. Um, going into the season, I get it. There was uncertainty, but they had us ranked as the ninth team in the league. So uh, the worst team in the league, they pre predicted us to be the, you know, the bottom of the league the whole year. And, you know, to end up the season at the top winning a great cup is awesome. So, like I said, I definitely I definitely watch that stuff, and I know a lot of guys do. But to be honest with you, most of the time it's used for fuel for us. And, you know, it was a big part of what we did to buy into winning the championship there. No, I, I still got to ask, though. I mean, again, you guys were six and seven at one point. It, like, it it wasn't a team that, that could string several good games together. Yep. So, what what did change in your mind that allowed you to win eight in a row? What got it going? So, you know, we, uh, at, at that point, like you said, we were six to seven. And I agree with hundred percent. We were very inconsistent, but you know what? A lot of that is too, is anytime you have new coaching turnover. And like you said, we had a new coach, we had a new offense this year, a lot of new players this year. It takes time to build that chemistry and also to buy in what's being done in that room. And, uh, like, that's yeah, so a, Honestly, this whole year, big kudos to Coach Moss because he did an unbelievable job, more than I've ever seen in my entire career of, you know, 
bringing this team together. Um, you know, I go into the locker room every single day and I'm just as close with the defensive backs, the linebackers, the receivers, as I am with my old lineman, which is something special. But I'm telling you, we made a couple late additions. You know, we shine, signed Sean Lemon. We uh, we signed Darnell Sankey. Guys like that who were, um, you know, veterans in this league and great, great, great leaders. And, you know, once, the, you know, they came in, we were kind of – I felt like we were already so close to being that team. It's just we pieced some of the little things together and guys really, really started to buy into the team aspect of things. And it's just like you said, we, I, I, like we were six and seven, but it just took a little bit to kind of figure out each other. And, you know, the beautiful thing about football, once it connects, you want it to connect at the end of the year when it really matters. Justin Lawrence, Spruce Grove native, U of A grad, center for the Montreal Alouettes, Grey Cup champion, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Justin, uh, I, I love football, and I think one of the reasons I love it so much is that there's still so much of it I don't understand, even after yeah. watching it all my life. So I read an article with the play call, and I'm hoping you can at least tell me what part of this relates to you in the offensive line. So apparently yeah. the play call was gold right, Y tough, seven seven five X deep, Frisco, W Poco, Y nut squat, Z snap. <laughs> so what's relevant there? <laughs> I know I know for a fact that anyone who has never been in an offense before or heard a playbook thinks that sounds absolutely like gibberish, but every single word in that play has a lot of meaning to it and to be honest with you i won't tell which part exactly if that applies to myself as an offensive line but there's a lot of key terms that i listen to and i would say it's on the front half of that play that really applies to you know um what formation we're going to potentially be in what i can expect from a defense knowing that and then the play itself so when i walk up to the line of scrimmage i can identify what they're lining up as a defense and the thing is, is I'll get told because if we line up in certain personnel or certain formations, they're probably going to give us certain defenses out of that. So that gives me the information to not only now diagnose the defense, but now I know also the play. And, you know, I can get the the rest of the offensive line, the receivers, the running backs who are involved in the protection um, in the right spot. But it, it's uh, it's just funny hearing you read it out like that because I get yeah, so used to, you know, Cody saying it all the time. Yeah, but I'm not saying it properly, it. I know. <laughs> Yeah, you did a good job, man. Honestly, you did a really good job. Sound like so, a quarterback, Reed. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Justin. Uh, so I know, you know, there's not a lot of time between plays, and, you know, you got to get that and process everything you were just talking about. But anywhere in your mind were you thinking, if this works, it's a touchdown and we win? Like, were you that confident in it? Absolutely, man. Um, and, you know, this is just me being a football player, but we go out and we call any play – uh, we expect it to be a big play. And like, obviously there's some plays that are, you know, take a shot plays, some plays that are more, you know, play it safe, check it down or quick screen, stuff like that. Um, but like you said, the play you called, man, um, a play like that, like you said, if we can block things well, especially against plays where they're bringing pressure, which we did, we did an unbelievable job of protecting in that one, not only as an offensive line, but the receiver, the running back who was in, did an unbelievable job. And like you said, the minute if they're going to bring pressure against that and we can protect against that, there's going to be guys on one-on-one coverage. And, you know, I feel more than confident with the guys we got that, that we're going to win those matchups. Justin, I got uh, three more for you, and they're a little a little different because I, I like uh, going down different paths sometimes for fun. Um, yeah. How closely were you able to follow the Golden Bears this year? 
and uh, to see them get as far as they did. I actually I followed the Bears a lot more than I actually have in the past. To be honest with you, I was I, I was very devastated that I was not home for a bye week to catch one of their home games because usually every year it's kind of lined up where I've been able to at least go to one game in person. Um, so what I decided to do was um, from the very first week they started, I bought the Canada West TV so that way I could you know always stream the game no matter where I was. Uh, which was um, awesome to, you know, do because I felt like I was, I don't know, more so as a fan of the Golden Bears. I was about as close to the team as I could have been. Um, but, man, we, we got to talk about them. Regardless of, you know, what happened for them in the playoffs there, what an unbelievable season for them. Chris Morris, like that, as an alumni man, watching that and, you know, all the stuff that we went through in my four years with the Golden Bears, I was so, so proud of those guys and the organization. You know, because I got to go into a locker room every day where there was a handful of Canada West guys. And, you know, I had bragging rights pretty much over all those guys this year, which was awesome for me. The quarterback sneak has been a tactic in the CFL forever because it's a yard off the ball. Yep. More NFL teams are doing it. And Philadelphia has pretty much perfected the brotherly shove. What do you think yeah, of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's unbelievable. And uh, the people who say that that needs to get removed from football – don't love the game of football because it's like you said they're doing it and they're doing it so well and if it was illegal everyone would be able to do it but they're the only ones who can execute it to that point so you know that's good on them because like i said if you can get any competitive advantage you take it and they're doing it as good as anyone and i know for a fact every single old line in the cfl the nfl xfl whatever it is Every old offensive lineman takes pride in getting that one damn yard to get a first down because that's just mano a mano. It's not necessarily scheme. It's not necessarily technique. It's just willpower to, you know, drive a guy back and get that one yard and get a first down. Okay, and my last one is, do you know when your day with the Cup in Spruce Grove is going to be yet? I don't know yet, but um, I'm going to I'm gonna make sure it gets there. The nice thing about it is we got a lot of Edmonton area guys Jason Moss lives around the Edmonton. Noel Thorpe, our defensive coordinator, is out there. Uh, the Walls out there, our defensive end out here. So I know it'll be out there for sure. Um, I don't know the details of it yet, but I promise you we'll be coming out to Edmonton, to Spruce Grove. Um, and I look so forward to it. That's probably the most special part about having the Cup is, you know, bringing it home for friends and family to see and everyone in the community. I think it's such a cool thing. Well, Justin, congratulations. Uh, your, your third Grey Cup and, and your second in a row. And I, I know I think the first one you didn't play as much, right? So the, the last yeah, two, certainly yeah. you're, you're a significant contributor to. So pretty amazing. Congratulations on the run that the Alouettes were able to pull off here. We really love having you on the show. Uh, hope we can talk again soon, but enjoy the championship and enjoy the offseason. Thanks so much for having me on, Reed. Likewise, man, I always love being a part of the show. Like I said, I always listen in. So uh, to come on here and chat football with you, and it seems like every time we chat, it's uh, it's about a great cup. So hopefully we can keep that rolling. Okay, well, sounds good, Justin. Well, yeah, if you keep winning the Grey Cup uh, every November, you're going to be on. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, great story, incredible run for the Alouettes. Love uh, talking to Justin. Obviously, a lot of passion, very upbeat guy, and uh explain that play call a little bit didn't give us all the terminology <laughs> but uh, that was quite the mouthful but Fajardo got it out got the ball out and Montreal got the win uh, the uh, nightmare continues for the uh, Seahawks 24-3 
for San Francisco with nine seconds left in the first half. Uh, the, the Seahawks have got a couple first downs here, Kellen, with San Francisco playing loose yeah. late in the half. Prior to this drive, Seattle had 15 yards of offense. They're probably at about 40 now. It didn't feel yeah, like much, it's, yeah. It's bad. It is bad today. Okay, uh, we'll call a quick timeout. Wrap up the show next. Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs> You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. That is indeed the name of the program before we wrap it up for the evening. 780-496-0063. Kellen, what do we have? Yeah, we'll clean out the inbox here before we take off for tonight. Uh, we've got an unknown text coming in talking about uh, the Elks and the press conference today and everything. Says, there's nothing wrong with Commonwealth Stadium. Elks should start winning some games instead of worrying about the stadium. It's a big, beautiful place, and it was upgraded not that long ago. It's like the fans don't matter anymore. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we got uh, the Dawn texting in tonight saying, ever since the Oilers didn't resign, McIntyre, Stortini, and Gazdick have been yelling that the Oilers weren't tough enough. I was right then and I am right now. Okay, well, whatever. Especially on defense, except for DeHarnay. When is the last time Nurse was physical? Does Knobloch know how to play tough hockey? That's from the Dawn. Don, thanks for sending the same text you've sent for the last decade. Congratulations. Mm. And Richard texts in and says, time to try some big changes when McDavid and Drysaddle are together. Try Leon at center instead. And also we need a right shot on the left half boards on the power play. And he puts in parentheses Ovechkin's office. And lastly, move Bouchard to forward. Moving players has happened before. (laughs) That's from Richard. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to move Bouchard to forward. Um, yeah, the power play has struggled as well. I, I think sometimes uh, McDavid kind of might line up as a winger when he and Drysdale are together, but I, I guess there's no suggestions that uh, aren't relevant. Uh, yeah, I mean, Commonwealth Stadium has been upgraded. Um, I think what Rick was saying is that it's getting to be a little bit older and maybe and that there are newer stadiums that are more modern and have, like he was talking about, the low seating and the club seating and the party decks and things like that that might be required as we move forward with sports entertainment. Um, I mean, they are shutting the upper bowl down at Commonwealth to try to make it feel a little more full. Um, Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say that they don't care about the fans. I think they're trying to find ways to get more fans in. Maybe some fans don't agree with some of the things Rick said today, but uh, and, and again, this was more of a business operation side of things than, than, a, than a football operations side of things. I think if you want to talk about the team not winning, that's more on Chris Jones and company. And we certainly spent a lot of the summer analyzing their performance. Uh, yes, and, and the Don, I, I know that's... Uh, I, I mean, I don't think the Oilers are tough enough or are physical enough. But I don't know if uh, Steve McIntyre 
or Luke Gazdick or the other player you mentioned would, would have had much effect on the, the team today. <laughs> and Luke Gazdick is a regular on the show, and he would probably say the same thing. All right, so tomorrow I will join you at 11.30 a.m. for the face-off show. Game is at 1, Oilers and Capitals. Capitals have won five straight. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Take care.